Morning Liberty. Hello, all of our Liberty-loving friends. Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. I'm the one, the only, host of the century, Charles Chuck Thompson. Good to be with you. Today, on today's show, we're going to be talking about all kinds of things today. We, I've spent hours combing through these notes. <laughs> sure you have. Oh, Nate. Nate has joined us. Hey, how's once it going, Once again, man? welcome to the studio, my man. How Th- you been? Thank you for letting me on the show once again today. I feel like maybe I've earned at least the title of co-host. Who knows? Yes, I think, yeah, we're getting there. Special guest? We're getting there. Right now, you got a participation trophy. Yeah. Which is nice, but, uh, you know. I'll get you the second place trophy coming up here pretty soon. I'm not gonna Nothing lie. Nothing wrong with silver. I'm not gonna lie. I had a third place trophy on my on my mantle for a little bit, <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure how many. You know, I didn't have any fifth place ribbons or anything like that. But it, it turns out I wasn't that good at anything. <laughs> so the there weren't many uh, you know economics and statistics competitions back in the fifth grade. So. Although I will tell you, you got several first place in your trumpet solos. I, I mean, did. You were. You remember that I want candy solo? I do. You I could. St- I could still thing. play that solo right now. You candy crushed that one. I. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you? Anyway, so. I wanted to welcome you guys to the Good Morning Liberty podcast, where Nate and I like to joke around all day long, and you guys listen to us, and it's awesome. <laughs> and uh, if you're a first time listener, thanks for tuning in. This is a show all about liberty, and we discuss life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. We get serious. On this show, we get super serious Tuesdays on this show, and you know the thing. And fooling around Thursdays, and, <laughs> which is something and, that my wife and I started a long time ago. So, always looking forward to that yeah. Thursday. Oh man! Thursday. But anyway, we talk about economics, politics. We talk about how to pursue meaning in your life, how to do things for yourself, regardless of who the Gardon president's going to be. It's going to be an old rich white guy. That's. <laughs> that's your only option. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren dropped out today. Right. So that's She's it. out. So that's... we can make a guarantee. You don't you don't even have to eat your words on this one. No. It's gonna be an old rich white guy. It's unless gonna... Tulsi Gabbard makes it in there. Mm, they're gonna they're gonna yeah. oust her because she's yeah. she did come in second place in American Samoa, I think. No, no, I don't think she did, no. did she? No, it wasn't Bloomberg second. It won been, that one. I know we won it. She might have came in second there. Well, I'll have to double check that. That could be fake news. Yeah. We'll see. You got so, that from the CNNs. So, yeah. So, you know, we talk a lot about politics, but we also talk about the fact that politics, you know, it just, it shouldn't really matter in the grand scheme of what you're doing every single day in your life. Now, we love to sit here and complain about what's going on, and we love to offer solutions to the things that are going on. So, we can talk about the big solutions that society should be moving towards, and, and that's fun to do to just whistle that out into the air to you know just never touch the ear of civilized man you know that and that's just where all the solutions go but we also talk about what you can do in your own life to make your own life better regardless like charlie said of who the would you say the Gardon president is the, the Gardon, whoever that is? Yeah. So regardless of who the president is, you can find all the ways to make your life better by just taking control of it. Stop complaining. Stop coming up with excuses. Take responsibility. So yeah, we love talking about that stuff. We got to talk about a couple different things. But first, but first, subscribe, subscribe yeah. if you're a new listener and you haven't subscribed to this show yet. What that does is that we were we used to run these sip and scan codes that worked really well. So I'm going to reintroduce that. Sip and scan. If you're drinking ice cold Coca-Cola Zero, it's right there. Sip and scan. <coughs> Excuse me. I get so excited about it. My 
my voice starts crackling it a little like bit. sounds like you need a drink of that nice sounds, Coke yeah, Zero right so there. Sip and scan. If you take a sip of your ice cold Coca-Cola Zero, um, because we've got to lose some weight on this show. And then, <laughs> and that's the best way to do it. And then, and then after that, you hit subscribe and that sends the episode directly to your phone. And it's a beautiful thing. That's why we tell you to subscribe every single day. And you get a new episode every single day of the week when we want to. So yeah. that that's the best. I think we're going to say that forever, by the way. Right. Uh, until we want to stop. So we're going to say that you get a new episode every single day of the week, week when we want to for forever until we stop. So that, went, that's the... You went into your Billy Ray voice there for a little bit. I went to my Billy which, Ray voice, man. Which, by the way, if you're not on our pre-show, you missed uh, a whole pitch that Nate and I are working on for an ID Discovery or an HLN channel special. So stay tuned for that. But you got to get in the pre-show, which you can do that by signing up for our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Liberty. Patreon.com slash Good Morning Liberty. As small as $5 a month will get you that pre-show and the post-show. Yep. And then we also are streaming live. So Maurice, uh, he's watching live right now. we got a few other people that are coming in there. Patreon to watch live. So if you want to be a part of that, we just launched this a couple weeks ago. Uh, sign up. Patreon.com slash Good Morning Liberty. Yeah, so we got a few things on the docket in the stack in the notes filed today, Trump has said that he's going to withhold federal aid from sanctuary cities after this new favorable court ruling. So we got to talk about that. There's a bit of a libertarian conundrum happening with that, where at first I'm like, yeah, and then I'm like, uh, and I'm like, well, and that's just kind of the thought process that happens on pretty much everything. <laughs> You're so you have an immediate emotional response. Yeah. Where I'm like, ah, you You're like, oh, my do God. It. Yeah. And you're, then you start thinking about it logically. You're like, oh, man. Yeah, this kind of sucks. I don't really like the principle behind this really whatsoever. And we'll talk about why. Yes. You know, I'm not saying I'm in complete disagreement, but there are good and bad things about this. We also got to talk about the fact that some colleges are giving free tuition which to is, students which whose is families same, have not done well. Which is the same kind of thing when you read this article. You're like, oh, yeah. And then you're yeah. like, oh, no. And then you're like, oh, yeah. When so, I, when I first read it, I was like, finally, you know, someone's taking action. This is good. This is good. And I was like, is it a good action? And I was like, no, it's, it's, it's <laughs> not really that good of an action. <laughs> and then the University of California in Santa Cruz has fired, uh, I think it's like, uh, let me see how many. It's several grad students, like uh, 20, 30 of them, um, quite a few of them that got fired because they were holding out, striking for higher pay. So they just sent them all letters, says, hey. Uh, due to the fact that you're not uh, upholding your duties uh, as someone who is a grad student teaching our classes for us, while our teacher who's making 400 grand a year who isn't really here, uh, you're someone who's not really upholding your duties, you're gone. I'll see you later. That's so weird it's, that they would do that. It's pretty crazy to think that that is possible. So, of course, everyone's in an uproar about that. But first, Charlie, tell me about Trump. Tell me about this old sanctuary city thing and what y'all think about it. Well, first of all, <clears throat> I wanted to give you an update from Super Tuesday because everyone is saying that Joe Biden won. Like they're like, Joe Biden won Super Tuesday. I, I've heard it everywhere. I've I, heard it. I, on, I heard it on from me yesterday. Yeah, I've heard it on. Um, I've heard it on Libertarian podcast. I've heard it on. Uh, all men and women created by. <laughs> Go, you know the you know the thing. That's where you heard it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right there. I've heard it on Libertarian Podcast. I've heard it on the news, on CNN. I've heard it everywhere. And in fact, right now, I can't even grab it on um I can't even grab it on Google because it's not pulling up for me. Um, whereas before they had the delegate count, but now they don't have it. And what's interesting is is everyone is saying 
that Biden has won Super Tuesday and he declared victory and everything like that. But you know what? They still haven't given out. <coughs> they still haven't allocated 200 delegates from California, even though 93 percent is reporting right now. Interesting. And right now, Joe Biden is 65 delegates behind. The last count they they closed with yesterday, and they haven't changed it today, is Biden with 566 and uh, Bernie with 501. So this is kind of your idea from yesterday, where they want yes. to, they want to keep the headlines of Joe Biden won as long as possible. Now he won the most states. Yeah. However, he yeah. probably did not win the most delegates. No. And he's I mean, as it. we found from presidential elections, winning the most states isn't always the biggest. I mean, re- Republicans always win the most states. If I'm if I'm not, right. you know, I feel like I'm correct on that. They end up winning like 33 of the 50 states. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to win. So Joe Biden, it matters won. how many electoral votes you win. And this they kind of works the same delegates, electoral yeah. college, kind of the same thing. It's modeled. The only it. difference is that the delegates are apportioned, uh, you know, to how many, what percentage of the vote you right. received. As long as it was over 15% of the vote, then you get a delegate count apportioned to the amount of votes that you received uh, in percentage of everyone else. And of course, in the Electoral College, if you win the state, you get the entire thing. So Now, what I find interesting is, is that I feel like Bernie and Biden are pretty much going to remain tied and no one's actually going to reach that 1913 whatever it takes to get there. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like they're going to remain tied. They're going to go to into the DNC convention and they're both going to be there. They're going to be up for, you know, election for the primary to see who's going to be the DNC candidate. And what's going to happen is, is everybody in the first round is going to, you have to, you kind of have to stick to your vote. And then the second round, you can vote wherever you want. And what they're going to do is they're going to give kind of like what they did in 2016. They're going to give Hillary Clinton. Uh, sorry, Hillary Clinton. They're going to give Joe Biden the nomination, not only by switching some votes, but also giving him all the superdelegates. And so Biden's yep. going to be your nominee. And I, I said Mike Bloomberg was going to be it a couple weeks ago. So I ate my words yesterday. Literally live. And I need uh, to pull that video and put it up. Yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah. So you guys, you're going to see it later. But those of you who got to watch live. It was pretty funny. Um, so far good, by the way, I haven't felt sick or anything, which is nice. Um, but I did eat my words, but it's going to be Biden now. Guarantee it. You heard that here guaranteed. And, uh, then Trump is going to absolutely destroy him and Trump's going to win 2020. I so don't think it's absolutely destroy Biden. No, I, I don't think it is. Abs- I, I will disagree. I, I have a strong disagreement. This is going to be contentious here, but I think it's a little bit more contested with Biden in the election if Biden makes it to the election all the way. Like, <laughs> like alive? Yeah, if he goes oh, okay. all the way to then. Because, good Lord, <laughs> my my wife keeps saying, shouldn't there be an age cap on this stuff? I mean, what age do you there's say? A, there's a minimum age, shouldn't we have? A- what, what age do you say that this is severely unsafe to elect this person <laughs> to be the president? Yeah. Like, there has to be an age that yeah. you say that. Now, like eventually you lose your driver's license. What happens if Biden picks Sanders as his vice president? Ooh. Ooh. Remember, he's still he going to pick a VP. You can't, though, because as a Democrat... It's going to have to be a He's woman. He's going to have to pick a woman. That, Probably. That's just, that, that is what it is. Um, so he won't, I don't think he'll be able to pick Sanders, but he could pick Warren and he could get a lot of those Sanders voters. It could be Biden Warren. And uh, if she doesn't kill him before the election, then there's a good <laughs> chance. There's a good chance that they would have. Well, she would uh, wait to kill him votes. after the election. True. That's, that's what True. she would do. You're right. You're right. She's that is way very, more tactful than that. That is very interesting if that's the strategy. Yeah. For for Biden to pick Bernie or to pick Warren to grab those votes. That's a very interesting strategy that the DNC could play 
that might actually contest the presidency of Trump. But I still don't see it happening. I don't I don't see anybody beating Trump. I really don't. Would you be able to do a thing where you picked a person as your vice president and as the president, can you uh, get rid of the vice president? Do you know? I mean, is that a thing? No, I don't think so. Okay. Because they're on the ticket. So the people voted for them, right? right? Okay. I was just going to say like, well, they could pick someone like Warren and then we should go back to they, how it used to be. And then they win. And then Biden gets to uh, say, well, hey, Warren, sorry, you're out. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick Buttigieg as my, as my vice president now. We should Something go like back. That. We should go back to how it used to be where whoever What's got that? second place got vice president. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how it is. in the like, well, they do it in, do they do that in any governor's elections or do you run straight up for Lieutenant governor these days? Most States you run for Lieutenant governor, but yeah, that's but kind I, of a weird thing to me that you have yeah. a governor and the Lieutenant governor who might not see eye to eye on anything. Maybe that's how it should be. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good that'd, idea. That'd be interesting to take back. But anyway, back to Trump. Uh, what I was leading into here is a very interesting article that we alluded to earlier. Trump says he'll withhold federal aid from sanctuary cities after favorable court ruling. Now, there's a lot of mixed emotions when I first read this. Nate and I were talking about in the pre-show. Um, so from the Washington Times, President Trump said Thursday that his administration will begin withholding millions of dollars from sanctuary cities, citing a federal appeals court ruling last week that supported his policy. Quote, as per recent federal court ruling, the federal government will be will be withholding funds from sanctuary cities. They should change their status and go non-sanctuary. Do not protect criminals. Mr. Trump tweeted. I love how he tweets out his policies here. A three-judge panel of the Second Circuit Court of Appeals in Manhattan ruled unanimously last week that the federal government has the discretion to impose conditions when distributing grant money. The judges noted that the Supreme Court has consistently upheld the federal government's authority over states and immigration policy. Three other federal appeals courts have ruled against the administration on the issue. Such a split among appellate courts increases the likelihood of the Supreme Court taking up the matter. Now, the first thing that I thought of when you brought this up to my attention, Nate, was the pro the pro squid quo pro quid pro quo squid pro row. Yeah. 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 You know the thing. Yeah. That's the first thing that happened to me is I always wonder why these states rely so heavily on the federal government and how do they let them have this type of bribery power over them? Yeah. Like, you know, what? who cares? Like, screw you, federal government. I don't need your money. Yeah, that's and so you get into a weird situation here where first off, the the point that you made earlier was that this could be considered a quid pro quo because it's saying now here's the thing. If you are a sanctuary city, then I will not give you this money. And therefore, if you want to have this money, then you will need to change your policy from being a sanctuary city. So first off, we need to realize that every single thing the federal government on down to most of the governments does all the time are quid pro quos all the time. It is always you do this and we'll give you the money. Even in the presidential election, you vote for me and you'll get the money. That's always the case. It's always a quid pro quo when it comes to the government because they get the whole power over your head. That's all that that's what they do. Right. That's what a government is. So there's there's that part Even of it. individuals like you pay us or yeah. we'll garnish your bank account. Yeah. It's we will gain access to your money and just take it from you. It's all we have power over you. You do what we want or we you will not get the money or yeah. we will take money from you. We'll put you in a cage. It's all it's all a quid pro quo all the time. So we have regardless to of that. whether you can pay your rent. Yeah. Or your electric bill, regardless of any of that, we'll garnish your wages first. I saw an interesting tweet today from Dave Smith 
because Bernie had tweeted out that uh, he had talked to a neighbor in one of the communities uh, recently, and she was $300,000 in student loan debt from going to medical school. And then he said, what crime did she commit? Question mark. Going to be a medical doctor to provide care to other I people. I saw that. Yeah. And Dave Smith, <laughs> I thought was hilarious because he quoted and he was like, um, what about the taxpayer who doesn't pay his taxes? What crime did he commit? Question mark. Yeah. And, you know, tr- if you think student loan debt is bad, try being $300,000 in debt to the IRS. That's not good. Because there's no playing around. The college cannot garnish <sighs> wages directly out of your bank account. No. That, that, is not, that is not how that happens. Now they might be able to do it through the IRS someday just because the, col- the colleges are all financed through government loans. And, th- and that's the way that that happens. But yeah, it's... That's a pretty cool point, too, that Dave Smith made. The, the, I actually responded to that same Bernie Sanders tweet through our Twitter. Also, go follow us at GoodAMLiberty if you want to see me retweeting with comments to all of Bernie Sanders stuff for BernieLies.com. Um, if you, so this is an interesting libertarian conundrum here because at first I'm like, well, federal law, immigration, uh, they're, they're breaking the rules so the federal government's going to come in and say, well, you're breaking federal law and we're going to withhold money from you. Now, so I can see the potential legal avenue for that, I guess, if the immigration is, is federal and that's how it is. But then what were we just talking about a couple of days ago with the fact that it's, it's a federal prohibition on marijuana and a lot of states have legalized it. And so do we also support the federal government coming in and saying that we are going to withhold any other funds that we've taken from you without your permission? Are we going to withhold any funds because you're not adhering to the federal law on marijuana? They could. You're not. If they change their look at all the people who are rising up in Virginia and saying our local governments, we don't care what happens. It doesn't matter what happens. We're going to make sure that everyone has the right to bear arms if the federal government comes in and and. Bernie Sanders comes in and takes takes your guns from you and your local state or whoever it is says that they're not going to adhere to that. Well, then are you okay with the federal government then not then taking money from you and then not giving it back because your state's not adhering to what the federal law is? So there's a lot of there's a lot of little conundrums that happen in there with with what is the principle behind this? Do the states have the power to do what they want? Do the cities have the power to do what they want versus the state? Do the states have the power to do what they want versus the city? Is that the direction that the power goes, or do we want the top down federal power where they come over the top like this? What what do you want? And then there's the immigration conundrum that the, the libertarian would have in this entire situation. Because even my first initial reaction was, you know, um, sanctuary cities, my biggest issue becomes it's always the welfare state. It's always, there's a lot of people, they might not be paying any taxes like other people are, and they could be taking my money uh, through any kind of government services, whether it's healthcare or it's education or whatever it is. Now, the problem is not necessarily that those people are there. The problem is the system that takes my money and then gives it to other people. You know, so you got to trace that problem all the way down to its very beginning. So I, I don't know exactly where I would come down on this. Um, and then you have the problem. Is this money that the federal government just collected uh, without the state's permission? And it's from the states and it's their money. And the federal government took it 
and now they're saying we're not going to give your money back to you. There's all kinds of issues with this you that have come to, up. You have to apply for federal grant money, state. Yeah. What I think the um, the states that have legalized marijuana, what happened with them now is they basically have fu money. Yeah. They've collected so much tax revenue off the off marijuana that they don't need the grant money anyway. So I think the federal government knows that. And if they try to stop them by saying, hey, we're going to withhold your grant money, then uh, the states will be like, go ahead. No problem. I don't withhold, care. withhold it. I don't care. And, you know, if you want to take true power back in America, the way to do the best way to do that is going to be um, getting the states back into their sovereignty status. Yeah. Right. We talked several times, Nate, you've had a great idea for the longest time about why don't we just split everything up into 50 yeah. separate little countries? It wasn't really my idea. <laughs> no. Like um, this grand plan of, hey, you know how you solve all of our problems? You act like we're 50 separate countries and not that we're all one solid country. That way, Alabama doesn't care about what California is doing. Oregon doesn't care what Georgia's doing. We're just 50 separate states. We don't have to be mad in Tennessee about what's going on in California because that's California's problem. And they've got their money and and I don't live there. And the people that live there can can vote and control that or leave the state like they have been doing. So the best option for a lot of these plans, as young as the founding fathers were when they wrote out all these documents, this idea that you're never going to get an entire country of however many millions of people it's ever going to be to agree on every single issue. You're just not going to. We got There's different cultures in every single state, in every city. In different in different states and that's why it needs to be focused as local as possible so alabama doesn't care about california and california doesn't care about tennessee you know because these are different people in different cultures and let them do what they're going to do we'll do what we're going to do make sure that no one's hurting people or taking their stuff make sure the federal government is is making sure no one's taking away any of their God-given rights that are that are you know presented right there in the Bill of Rights. We're, we're going to make sure that no one takes away your right to bear arms. So that is part of the federal government's job, by the way, is to protect that. So it's a it's it's a weird situation, but it's easily solved. A lot of these problems are easily solved by just going back to us being fifty separate states. Well, because the founders under they understood two things very well. <clears throat> they how's, under how's your throat today? Man, it is just coming up. Um, that coronavirus sticking around, man. Yeah, we do have a confirmed case of coronavirus. We do. I mean, not uh, 15 miles away from here. We yeah. got some coronavirus. So it's uh, it's deadly. That's why yeah. the tornado came through probably to get rid of it. That's that's actually what brought it in, I think, because it came <laughs> from the West through here and right. that it traveled through the Nashville tornado. That's right. Yeah, that's how it came in. But uh, those viruses were flying around through the air. Yeah, it's airborne, man. <laughs> Sucker's gone airborne. But the, the founders knew two things really well. One was history, and the other thing they knew really well was economics. And so they understood economies of scale, and they understood that things could be too big to manage, and they also understood the history of when empires got too big and how they crumbled down to the ground, which is why they set up the, the government the way they did. It's like, hey, we don't want to be too small the where we can't defend ourselves. You know, if you look back at the Revolutionary War, each colony had to decide to go to war with England. Yeah. It, they didn't all decide at once, you know, if they all had to to pass resolutions that their state, their colony 
would go to war with England. They would join the other states that were already at war. Yeah. You know, Massachusetts, Virginia, first couple states. Yeah, they might be at war, but, but South, South Carolina, Carolina is not. not. Yeah. It, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> yeah. yet. But uh, the resolution passed, and and all this all this co- <laughs> colonies ended up yep. going to war, regardless of any of the cool words that Mel Gibson had to say. Right, you know? right. <laughs> but but they the, as they, if the Patriot is a documentary. Yeah, I know, right? That's, that's what it is. Yeah. But they did understand these things, and that's why they they said that we want to make sure that we limit federal government power because we know that it can become too corrupt. It can become too big. And then ultimately that's what leads to um, corruption and failure. And we've just gone so far away from that, that now we're ended up in the situation we're in where the president has the power to decide to withhold money from the state when they shouldn't have the money to begin with. That's, and that's the real problem. And that's the actual problem. Yeah. And so if you want to, the biggest way we can impact Liberty in in my view, from a political standpoint is at the local level. Yeah. I mean, we have a, a good friend of mine is a libertarian who got ele- elected to the Carthage city council, which is a, which is a little further away from us, but it's still in Tennessee. And he sits on the city council and he's the guy that actually takes pictures of all the budgets, posts them on social media, talks about the line items. And like one of the line items, they are spending $20,000 a year on biscuits from a gas station. <laughs> and he's like, why, why are we spending $20,000 a year to buy all these biscuits from a gas station? They could be responsible for how freaking expensive those gas station biscuits really are. Right. Cause you know, they're way too high priced. Well that, and then it's, apparently it's for a, a charity where people who were drug addicted and stuff that they have this group and they buy breakfast for everybody who comes to that group every morning. It's a okay. nonprofit. So it's a grant thing. So it's not a, not that it's a bad thing that it's going towards. However, you can't steal other people's money to do good things with. Yeah. And then, so he posted, and he's like, look, I'm all about, I'll donate out of my own money to help buy breakfast for these people that need help, but you can't take it out of the city's budget. You can't earmark $20,000 to buy biscuits from a gas station for the, in the out of the city's budget. And so these are good <sighs> things that are happening at the local level. And if you build that up, at the local level and you get some of these good old boys that we like to call that are in these city yeah. and county governments who know everybody and scratch everybody's back and you know billy's business he's the one that say, gets all the lumber how and, who do you think the gas station owner donated money to exactly, in that campaign exactly yeah you did the math so <laughs> you know the thing so the founders understood this very important principle of localizing things as much as possible and our government is set up in a cool way with that. Like even, you know, even with all the fears I have of socialism, I still very much believe in the spirit of America and and the patriots and the local people who understand this. Like what happened in Virginia. Virginia tried to pass egregious Second Amendment violations. And what did the people do? They showed up. They showed up. Now, we've had our rights kind of stripped from us slowly. They do it just a little bit yeah, at a time, a little bit at a time. However, I think I don't ever, I don't know if it'll ever get bad enough. Now the, the Jews could have been saying this in not in Nazi yeah. Germany. Yeah. Like, Oh, well, you know, we can't own guns now. Maybe it won't get that bad. We can't own businesses anymore. Right. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's okay. You know, but, but <clears throat> so part of me is weary of that. I don't want to be naive yeah. at, at any sense because Again, you have to understand history and understand the way these things work and how economies of scale work and all of this. This is why it's so important to learn these things 
inside of politics and how governments operate, how economies work, all of that. So you can understand life around you in, in essence and be prepared for whatever comes, whether it's whether it's destitution or, or riches and glory. Yeah. You're prepared. Yep. And that's the best thing you can do for your family and your life. So anyway, that was a whole lot to say. Yeah. That and this problem is just created out of other problems that shouldn't exist. Yeah, the problem is that the federal government has the money to withhold in the first place, and that is the problem that needs to be solved right here. Not necessarily uh, not necessarily anything else. Now, if this in some kind of way decreased the federal budget and it wasn't the state's money that had been taken from them, then I'm for uh, dropping the amount of money that the federal government pays out. I'm for decreasing that amount it would be if that's awesome. what this is. It would be awesome if this headline continued. Yeah. Trump says he'll withhold federal aid from sanctuary cities after favorable court ruling and give back to taxpaying citizens. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> if he if they would help withheld it from the cities and gave it back to the citizens. Therefore, I'm, we will lower federal, we will lower the federal tax rate by 0.1% now that we've done this. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'd oh, be all for yeah. it. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Screw you, sanctuary. Okay, so tell me about this college, man. Let's talk about college. Now, we got a problem with college in this country. By Listen. the way, this was sent in by a listener. So yeah. thank you very much. Sent in for by that. Maurice. Thank you for sending this in last night. Um, listen, college is too expensive. Uh, it's way too expensive in the federal government. Sorry. Okay, they're very sorry about that. There need to be some things done about this. Uh, and this, some of the colleges are taking it upon themselves to try and fix this. Now, when you first read it, you can be like, well, you know, this is voluntary. Good. Okay. But then when you think about it, you got to think past the initial emotion. See, most people can't think past the initial emotional reaction that you have to something. You got to take that an initial emotional reaction and then you got to dissect it and you got to scrutinize it and you got to figure out all the reasons that maybe that's not the right way to feel about it and come up with every other counterpoint that you can to it. And then you got to see if it still holds up after that. And that's what we try to do with everything. I responded, uh, I responded to Maurice last night and I typed everything I typed was just negative about this article and I felt terrible about it. Because here you got someone who's trying to do something towards the problem, but unfortunately it's along the same lines of how we try to fix all the other problems. So it's, you know, it's cool that someone's trying a solution, but is this a solution? That, that's the problem. That was a confusing sentence. Okay. <laughs> this is from ABC News. University of Houston waives tuition for students whose families earn less than $65,000. Okay, once again, ABC News. New students at the University of Houston could have their tuition fees waived if their families earn less than $65,000 per year. By expanding, this is a quote, by expanding our financial support program to reduce financial barriers, we will help more students fulfill their dreams of earning a college degree. University President Renu Kator said in a February 27th statement, this is a few days old, the university's Cougar Promise Financial Aid Program makes college education affordable and accessible for people who uh, don't, don't make over 65 grand a year. The problem will also give tuition. The program will also give tuition support to eligible freshmen whose families earn between sixty-five thousand and one hundred twenty-five thousand. So, it won't be free for them, but it's going to be heavily discounted. So, we got a progressive college pricing system that's popping up now. That's that's what you got. You got, you got to realize this. This is progressive pricing now, um, and and it's 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 the same 
as welfare, as progressive taxation, it's going to have the same group of incentives inside of it. This is progressive pricing from a potentially, is it a private institution or is this a public? I don't know. Anyway, like most tuition forgiveness programs, there are exclusions like room and board and books. Students must also be a Texas resident, undergo an annual review of grades, and maintain at least a 2.5 GPA. Richard Walker, University of Houston's Vice President of Student Affairs and Enrollment Services, said approximately 2,000 new students will be impacted by the program each year. 2,000 new students each year. Quote, he said, we are always looking for new ways to provide support and guidance to fuel student success. That's how you fuel success right there is not make it necessary. The announcement comes a week after the University of Southern California introduced a tuition waiver for families that earn less than $80,000 per year. So there, this is not the only college doing it. So when you first hear about this, when you first when you first read this article, like I said, you were in a glass case of emotion. I was like, oh, you know, this is cool. An institution, people can't afford college. It's too expensive. And they're voluntarily taking it upon themselves to do this. Now, the voluntary part is iffy because you got to remember who it is that finances all of the loans for people who do go to college. Who finances the loans? Uh, the big banks, right? No. No, Maxine Waters, they don't finance all the loans. Okay, you, the, the people finance all of the loans. So it's not exactly voluntary because the people who are going to be paying and the loans that do have to go out are still going to be financed by everyone in the country. So you, you got to remember that too. The other part about this, the, the immediate pricing problem that's going to happen here is let's assume that this college needs to maintain a certain income level that the college needs to maintain, say, in 2021, they need to maintain the same income level that they had in 2020, even though they've instituted this policy, assuming that they don't magically need 25, 30, 40, 50% less money next year than they needed this year. Okay, so let's assume that they have to make the, right, the same amount of money. Well, then what's going to happen? they're going to have to raise the prices for all of the people who are going to be paying for their college. So that's an immediate thing that's going to happen. And we have to realize the implications of that and the kind of ripple effects that that can have through the economy of making college even more expensive because now you've made it free for only people who are making less than $65,000 a year. And now the cost could balloon up for the people who do end up having to pay for it. This we see this in all and kinds support, of other markets. They'll support families that are in between sixty five to one twenty five. Yeah. This is the same like this is kind of the Medicare problem where yes. you you're gonna pay it's gonna be free for everyone who is over the age of sixty five. And what happens to the cost of health care itself for everyone else? Well, the, the cost of healthcare has got to balloon up to a point where they can still make money, even though they're getting paid Medicare prices for all kinds of other stuff. A lot of hospital owners have been asked, what would we do if it were only Medicare pricing that were coming in for everything? Their first response was, we'd close. That's what we would do because we don't make enough money off of that. Medicare specifically pays less money than we have to spend to do this thing. So they've got to raise the pricing for everyone else. So Medicare creates a massive expansion in the pricing for people who don't qualify for Medicare. 
So this is automatically what can happen here, especially if it ripples across the entire country through all and all the colleges adopt this. And anybody that makes over one hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year that can't afford it, they're the ones that are going to be footing the bill. Yeah, cause because what they're hoping to happen here is they're hoping to get the press coverage for this, which they're getting. And then they're hoping to get a bunch of new students come in. And this is the way Obamacare works. You have to get a bunch of people in that's paying for the people that aren't paying. And Maurice asked a good question on YouTube live here. He said, by expanding our financial resources, exactly how? Yeah. Well, that's how they're going to do it. Everyone else gonna is going to pay prices. more yeah. to cover the cost. And then they're they're hoping to get more students in. They've run the numbers and they're like, okay, well, we, by getting this press coverage, running some marketing, we can maybe get 2,000 new students. Um, that's going to help bring in the other 2000 students for free. And then those 2000 students, plus all the students we have, these are the families that make over 125. And we know that because it's now required to fill out FAFSA, even if you're not going to and it, and it's, get student loans, we know how much all the families make. We can afford to increase their prices by three, four or 5%. That'll cover the, the cost. government's just going to cover the cost regardless. Exactly. They're, they're going to get a loan to cover it. And right. the government says a uh, blank check for going to college right. so that they this can charge they whatever they want. Expand their financial yeah. support. And so it's for under 65,000, it's going to be no tuition. And between 65,000 and 125,000, it's going to be a, a, a reduced, a lunch. reduced to it. Yeah. <laughs> a reduced free lunch, yeah. a half free lunch for you. Then don't think that they're not going to limit. Don't think that they're not going to limit the amount of people they're going to accept into this program. This is, this will end up, I mean, there's, because if they didn't, this would just be an entire college full of poor people who can't afford to go to yeah, college. Yeah. And, and, and it has to be Texas residents. It says in there. Yeah. No, I'm just saying there's going to be a fixed number of people they can accept into this program, which is easy to be a Texas resident, by the way. Oh, it is. Is it? Well, I mean, you just go down there, start getting mail Yeah. and you know, get a license and then you, cause you, you can go to college at any time. You just move down there and, uh, you know, get a residence in, in, in Texas for a year or two. Yeah. And then you go and prove that you're a resident yeah. in state tuitions, man. So there's that problem. There's the pricing problem. This is going to cause a hike in the prices for people who are paying for it. And then there's the other problem, which we see with with uh, the welfare ideology in general, which is something we talked about yesterday going through that video. There was a story yesterday where someone literally said that they were offered a promotion. When they got the promotion, they slipped out of being able to receive their welfare benefits. So therefore, they gave back their promotion and went back to the lower pay level so they could still be receiving their welfare benefits. And you got to imagine that this is still going to be the case with these families. Let's say that you have a kid who is a senior in high school. And you're making, just say, you're making $64,000 a year at your job. And you get an option for a promotion to $75,000 a year or something like that. You get some kind of a big option. And they say, we're going to raise your pay to $75,000, a year. Here's a new job that's just came open. It's eighty grand a year for you to come work. Now, you've got to weigh that up against the idea that now... Your kid is not going to get free college anymore. They're going to pay $100,000 for their college. So now you've got a very big spike in your cost just by going over the $65,000 mark. And that's, that's not good because what that does is it creates this system, just like the welfare system, where it 
keeps people. It stops people who are in poverty or who are making a low wage or who in the lower class or whatever it is that you want to call it. It stops them from growing and moving out of those classes because it takes away the incentives to do that. It says if you're in the lower class and you're able to receive benefits, you don't just want to move up a little bit. You're only going to move up if you can double your income, if you can triple your income. Then you want to move up because well, that's enough to make up for it. And you don't blame them because I would do the same thing. Well, yeah, if you're if in, I was that in the si- same position, you would look at it and be like, okay, what's my cost benefit analysis? Here? Yeah, exactly. Am I going to take a promotion to get paid $10,000 more? We could really use $10,000, but then I'm going to lose out on $100,000 worth of benefits, you would never take it. Yeah. You would never take it. Now, the the better thing that we can do here is we're not actually, again, we're attacking symptoms of problems. We're not actually attacking the problem of why college is so freaking expensive to begin with. Yeah. If you want to help poor people go to college, you work on lowering the tuition costs. It shouldn't cost that much to go to college. Yeah. It should never cost that much. I mean, you want to compare back to the 80s where even at the most expensive universities like Harvard, it costs like 20 grand or something like that. You know, that's at the most expensive yeah. in the 80s. And that's in today's numbers, I think, somewhere around there. But most of your colleges were two, three, four, five thousand dollars a semester, somewhere around there. Yeah. Which could be affordable. Like I think people, I paid five thousand a semester when I went to college. Yeah. Which I 10 did. Ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Now, now this is. You know, this if you look at the uh, basically the inflation rate of how expensive college has gotten over the last 10, 20 years, you know, people used to be able to work and pay off their college slowly while they were going to college. And so if you want to help poor people, you actually have to attack the real problem because this is just going to hold people back. And you're not. It's great. I mean, look, it's great to help people who can't get ahead. But there's a couple ways if you're poor to get ahead. One, you don't have to go to college. There are about 6 million blue collar jobs that are open right now. In fact, they are, there's such a shortage of crane operators that they will send you to a, a trade school for six months, pay for it all. And then you come out making six figures yeah. immediately. So if you want to, if you want to better your life so that your kids could go to college one day to make even more money or start a business or whatever you want to do, you can come out making six figures by going to six months worth of school. You can be 18, 19 years old. Yeah. Already making a hundred grand a year. If your goal is to just make a lot of money and you don't care what you're doing, there's actually free ways to go about doing that. Yeah. So, and you know, you also have to attack this, that part of the mentality problem and part of the reason that they're able to charge so much for college is that we're telling all of our kids that they all just have to go to college. You got to go. You got to go to college. You got to get your either either That's your degree. That's all I heard. You got to get up. your college experience. You got to get that, your experience points. You got to you got to get all that stuff. And we're not actually talking about the fact that a lot of people simply do not need to go to college. Now you need to educate yourself in any way that you can, but there's tons of different options on educating yourself that you don't need to, to learn in, in college. That's not, that's not what you need to do. I mean, you can do a, uh, uh, what do they call it? I was looking at different coding schools and they'll do a full on coding school. It's 40 hours a week and they don't charge you anything. You can learn how to do any kind of software programming unless that you want to do. Unless you land a job. And if they, they, you get a job afterwards, then you've entered into an income share agreement. That's what it is to an income share agreement where they will take a percentage of your income, but you don't pay anything if you go to the, to the school and you don't pay anything if you don't get a job in that field. 
And there's all kinds of options like this. There's all kinds of places where you can gain the knowledge that you, the actual knowledge that you learn in college. You can go to Khan Academy and learn how to do almost anything <laughs> on there, literally. I mean, the, their coding classes on Khan Academy are pretty amazing. So th- there's all kinds of places you can go to do this. I think the one of the problems is we stopped asking, we stopped asking the question, and this was my experience growing up. We stopped asking the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And we, they replaced that with where are you going to go to college when you graduate high school? Yeah. That's yeah. all I heard. True. I mean, from True. probably fifth grade on like, Hey, make sure your grades are good enough. You know, make sure you're, you're, you're in your college prep courses. You know, we, you got to prep for college. Yeah. It wasn't, what do you want to be when you grow up as if somehow, you know, a plumber or a police officer or a pilot or any of those things are not worthy valuable they're not valuable you know construction worker or a crane operator none of those jobs are valuable to society if you want to make it in life you got to go to you got to go to college you know women back in the day like oh marry a doctor or a lawyer yeah that's no longer the case my man no you could be anything you want to be and you're making buttload of money doing it now it's marry software programmers and podcasters exactly that's 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 the new thing celebrities you know? yeah you know? <laughs> marry your tiktok in- stars your instagram stars you know yeah tiktok sorry i just aged myself yeah. already right there instagram that thing's long gone man <laughs> on to the tiki talk yeah so <laughs> that probably shows my age too TikTok. You know, uh, to, to kind of pop a tiktok get on tiktok <laughs> to kind of get on I don't know. Uh, you, know final, the, you know the thing. Final thought on this is that it's voluntary. Okay. So it's Which mo- the institution can do. So the institution not, can do this. I'm not, not against uh, that. I'm not asking for Trump to come in and withhold aid from them or anything like that. They can do this. You know, I, I'm not asking for the police to go there and shut the place down. But this is, this looks like a solution. It, it feels like a solution. And that's the problem. It feels like a solution. We will just not charge you if you don't make enough money. That's not a solution. Progressive pricing is not a solution. Lay it on out to, to everything, and not just healthcare and college. Lay it on out to every single product that there is, every single service that there is, and see if it works. you got to play this out to its logical conclusion. Should a product or service that other people are selling you that give you value that you're freely paying for, should there be progressive pricing on everything where if you make less than 65000 a year, well, then you shouldn't have to pay for your iPhone or you shouldn't have to pay for your car or you shouldn't have that. What's that going to do to the prices that everyone else gets charged? What is that going to do to the incentive structure within the society that would ever ask those people making less than 65000 a year whether or not they they are ever going to increase their value in society. Would it incentivize them to do that whatsoever or would it incentivize them to not do that whatsoever? What would you have in society if this rule were expanded out to every product or service? And I think when you expand it out to that, you can see this simply would not work. And since it wouldn't work right there in every industry that there is, like if you bought, if you're a millionaire buying toothpaste, you got to pay yeah you know, fifty dollars a tube. You got to pay fifty a tube, and if you make less less than sixty five thousand a year, then you get free. Yeah, that's what incentive structure are you setting up in your society at that time? That that's not a good incentive structure. It's the same incentive structure that we have in welfare. The pricing is the same pricing structure that we that expands prices because of Medicare. It's the it's the same thing. This 
feels like it's a solution. It sounds like it's going to help these 2,000 people, which it will every single year. It will help those 2,000 people that are going to go to college. but At, at the expense of at, everyone else. At what cost? That's the question. At what cost are you going to do that? And if we actually address the problem of why is college so expensive, should we not be telling everyone that they must go to college or they're never going to be able to make it anywhere in their lives? Should we be telling all of our kids that? Or should we be asking them, like Charlie said, what do you want to do? What do you want to be when you grow up? What do you actually want to do? What could fulfill your life? What could give you meaning? What would you feel the most happiness doing if that's your goal? And when you write down what that goal is or what that thing is, does that require college? And if it doesn't, then don't go to college. It's, it's really just that simple, but we don't do that anymore because we've got this idea that you've got to go to college. You've got to put yourself $100,000 in debt to get a college degree and probably not even work in the... There are people going to college and they don't even know what their degree is going to be. Undeclared. I'm, just, I'm here for the parties, man. Un, undeclared. I don't know what you, I'm going to be. Let me tell you, kids, there are plenty of college-like parties yeah all over the place you don't have to pay 100 grand a year to go you can crash the college parties and make fun of all those kids yeah. that are wasting their money show up at beta alpha chi phi mai tai show yeah. up there do it show yeah. up just there all men and women created by the, go you know the you know the thing <laughs> sorry just show just, yeah show up like yeah. that you know the thing and if you just show up and crash the party it'd be great um on to some other college news uh the, you know it's so funny listen uh, this article right here will let you know just how much the Marxists actually care about your living wage. When it comes, <laughs> These progressive colleges that are it, indoctrinating everyone. When it comes to actually following through with it. Yeah. So this coming from CBS News, uh, you know, as I don't know, it's kind of sad, but it's also hilarious. You, get, uh, you reap what you sow. You eat what you what you plant. You know the thing. Yeah. Look, University of California, Santa Cruz fires grad students who are striking for higher wages, union says. This coming from CBS News. At the University of California, San Diego, third-year PhD student Eleanor Castrocane. What's her name? Castrocane. <laughs> Castrocane. Uh, Castro. Eleanor Castro <laughs> said she works up to 50 hours a week teaching 24 undergraduate students, grading assignments, and conducting research. Second-year PhD student Adam Cooper said he's done the same on top of attending class and has worked daily since January 6. Both make less than $31,000 a year after taxes and struggle to afford rent, they said, and now they could lose their jobs as they fight to earn a living wage. Oh, these poor kids. Poor, poor kids going to get their mm. PhDs. Got to get their living wage right now. Got to get what, it right now. That's what happened at the University of Santa Cruz on Friday, according to the union representing University of California graduate students. According to the union and UC uh, Santa Cruz's student newspaper, 54 striking students at UC Santa Cruz received letters firing them from their spring semester teaching assign, uh, assistant appointments. According to the termination letter, students will officially be dismissed on March 26th. Quote, this action is based on a abandonment of your job responsibilities by failing to submit student grades well past the fall quarter deadline. The termination letter reads, your abandonment and sustained uh, dereliction of your job responsibilities as a teaching fellow uh, con constitutes serious misconduct. 
Your conduct has harmed graduate students and disrupted university operations. Imagine that. Yeah. If you don't do your job, you get fired. You're the, fired. The students have been striking over what they say is an adequate compensation from the university. Because they learned in the university that you have to have, if you work 40 hours a week, then you deserve a living wage. You want to know how they learned it, by the way, in, in the university? I, look, I heard this stat the other day, and I wanted to look it up, and turns out that it's true. You want to know what the number one book, not, not including the textbooks for the actual classes, you want to know what the number one assigned book in college is? Not including the textbooks. Um, is it Capital? It is. It is uh, Karl, Karl Marx. Karl Marx's The Communist Manifesto. Are you serious? The number one assigned book. Wow. Yeah. At, uh, other than textbooks for the classes. Yeah. You know what strikes me as odd uh, reading this is that Adam Cooper and Eleanor here, they make less than $31,000 a year after taxes, which means they're making $15 an hour. Yeah. That's $15 an hour, by the way. You know, this girl, she's... Isn't $15 an hour $34,000 I thought 15, a year? I thought 15 an hour, 15 an hour was automatically a living wage. Let's do the quick I don't, math I don't know here. how she's not making a living wage. You know, up here earlier in the article, she said that she was working up to 50 hours a week teaching these undergraduate students. There's a difference in... Now, listen, she's not teaching 50 hours of classes every no. week. That's not what she's doing. She's including prep time, you know, grading, stuff like that. The time that she's spending going to and from the classes. Basically, how much time she is putting towards that. But not the actual time that she's getting paid for to teach the classes. That's, right. that's not it. It's as if you charged your boss the time that it took you to drive to, the, to Walmart to work there. And that's when the clock started. It was right then. Uh, which is something I asked about when I first got my first job because I had no idea. Right. I was like, do I start when I drive or is it when I get there? He's like, uh, I'm going to let that one slide. It's when you get here. <laughs> That's, uh, and then I got fired when Illinois raised her minimum wage. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So it's yeah. that, you know, she's not teaching for 50 hours a week. That's that's not what's happening whatsoever. And I think that's an important point to make. The actual time she's spending doing the job. Yeah. Not the same. Not it. Continuing on here, the quote, cola for all, end quote, movement started at UC Santa Cruz in November 2019 when approximately 200 graduate students withheld thousands of grades. Since February 10th, UC Santa Cruz graduates have been on strike with support from undergraduates and faculty members. Of course, you're going to support them. According to Eleanor, as an elected union officer, Eleanor added that she cannot condone any action that violates our contract and that her support for the cost of living adjustment is done outside her capacity as a union officer. The UC San Diego graduate student body has also been active in the movement since February 10th, holding rallies, sit-ins, and marches in support. Every campus in the UC system is asking for a monthly stipend adjustment based on specific needs of their respective students. So look, you're free to protest. You're free to strike. You're free to hold sit-ins. You're free to withhold grades. You're free not to do your job. And the university is free not to keep you hired. Yeah. This is the way the free market works. It is. You want to demand higher wages and the UC, the university is like, nah, sorry. This is what we happened. We can't afford you. The the university, the same thing as in your job, any other job that you have, the university has determined that whatever they are asking for, they are not worth. That is what they determined. It's too much. Because here's the deal. If they were worth that much money, then they would have said, okay, yeah, if you're going to strike, uh, we'll pay that much, if you're worth that much. Right. 
they're not worth that much. They're they're worth more not being there to them. And and that's what you have to realize in your job. I say this and I get a little bit of pushback from people every time I say it, but what you're getting paid um, is is what you're worth to that business. That's what you're worth there. If that's your not labor is a commodity. If that's not what you're worth, then walk into your boss's office and say, I demand more money right now or I'm quitting. If you're worth that much money to the business, then they'll do it instead of letting you quit. If they say, see you later, get on out of here, you're not worth that much money. And that, should, that, that is what it is. I'm sorry. That might hurt people's feelings. I don't know. Or you could be worth that money, but the business isn't willing to take the risk on it. Yeah. You well, know? I mean, and therefore you're still not worth the risk. Right. Or there could be someone who's willing to do it for less. Therefore, you're not worth that amount of money because right. someone else is going to do it for less money. So you're not worth that much unless you're so good and so much better than whoever it is they're going to find that like Charlie, they'll raise him from 515 an hour to 1250 an hour within six months so they can keep him there and make him a manager. Uh, when he was at McDonald's when you were freaking 16 years old. So, I mean, 17, technically 17. But. So you got to make yourself worth that much. If that's what you're going to ask for. That's the, that's the bottom yeah. line. I literally went when I was at McDonald's, I went, I was 17 years old and I went into my boss's office and I was like, yeah, if you don't make me a manager, I'm quitting. <laughs> and she was like, why? And I was like, because this, 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 and this. And she goes, all right, you start training next week. Nice. That's exactly how that conversation went. Yeah. I was 17 with they, big giant kahunas. They de they, <laughs> they determined that you were worth that much. Yeah. That's what they determined. I and was, if someone would have went in that was not worth that much, then they would have said, yeah. see you later. Because I was tired of doing everyone else's job and I was really good at what I did. Yeah. Really which was good. telling other people what to do. No, no. Yeah. It was really, I was just really good <laughs> at, at actually paying attention to things that matter in the fast food industry. Yeah. Which is time. So I was, I, you know, my grandpa told me when I was a kid, I've told this story a few times, but I remember I was like, well, kid, I was like 12 years old. And my grandpa said, I don't care if you're a dishwasher, be the best dishwasher that there ever was ever Just be the best one. I don't care if you scrub toilets. I don't care if you lay concrete. I don't care what you do. Be the best. And that's why I'm the best host on the show. Cause I, every day I wake up and I'm just like, I'm going to be the best. <laughs> I want to go fast, man. That is still up for debate. <laughs> I just wanted to say that that's not a clear. We'll put a poll uh, out there later. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll put a poll out. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. You know the thing. We'll see. Um, <laughs> yeah, so guys, you know, be careful looking at things that sound like solutions that aren't actually solutions. That, that is a lesson from today. Um, don't ask for more money than you're worth. And if you're not worth that much, then try to find ways to become worth that much. Uh, that's another lesson to take from today and, uh, don't hurt people. And don't take their stuff. That's the other one. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. And pretty don't get pretty easy rule to follow there. Don't live in a sanctuary city. If you want to be dependent on federal money, that's, <laughs> that's the other lesson to take from the day. You know, <laughs> so many the, lessons, the four main lessons yeah. to take from today. And also that I am actually the best host. And that's number five. That's the fifth best lesson right there. Guys, Look, if you want to take control of your own personal thing, but no, no matter what's going on in the political realm, you have an opportunity to do that because we've created an opportunity for you and you have to get in right now because there's no better time to get in because we're offering a free seven day trial uh, with the trading Academy that we've opened. Nate has done a wonderful job. Such a good hire by me, <laughs> man. 
<laughs> Although what a, what a great job we you've had done. some obvious glaring glitches that showed themselves last night. Well, don't worry, I, repr- I reprimanded the yeah. technical team. They're, I reprimanded, them. and I put in the video today. You know when Apple released the iPhone, they released the iPhone, and it went out to everyone. Especially, I think it was AT and T was the main one, but the antenna didn't work. Yeah, that, like they went through this entire process spending billions of dollars on this and you can make a phone call they sold these iphones and the antennas didn't work yeah and so they had to then make special cases that they put over the phones that had an antenna that went around the case that way it would actually be able to pick up signal and so when we had this glaring mistake on the website last night that's been fixed don't don't worry about it when we had this i was like man this sucks i can't believe we let that slide mainly charlie let it slide he didn't see it i can't believe this <laughs> i happened. am the final approver and so did, it is yeah. my fault i take full responsibility this is what you do as a leader you take full responsibility for things so it's my fault <laughs> so anyway <laughs> when that happened i was like oh man i'm gonna get fired and i was like well crap you know Apple released an iPhone, the, a device for calling people that the antenna didn't even work on. The richest company in the world yeah. right now. And so I was like, you know, I'm in good company. The, I'm, in, <laughs> I'm in good company right now for doing this. But yeah, if you guys are interested, I've been day trading for several years now. I've been doing trading, trading every single day for a few years now and developed a few strategies that are literally, I made them so simple that you could write write them down and show them to your mom and she could and she could trade it not unless and that's not a big deal if your mom is a professional day trader but assuming that she's not <laughs> a professional day trader she would be able to do that and so I, I devise a few strategies that completely remove emotion from the equation and trying to teach them to people now because what i've found through back testing through trading through doing through doing all of these things over all these years is that if you just trade these strategies and you actually stick to the strategies and at the end of the day you can say i traded them then you're going to be profitable and that's just purely the case it ha- it has been since i made the strategy since i back tested them all the way back to 2008 um and then other ones i back tested all the way back to 1938 so to make sure that they would work um so there's you know, it, it, there's opportunity to be able to earn your own income, to do it just in a couple hours a day. And that's not a guarantee that you're going to do it. It's not a guarantee that you're going to make money. Trading is risky. No matter what you do, you trade the strategy perfectly. It could go against you. And you have to realize that. But you have to make sure that you give yourself the opportunity and multiple opportunities for it to go properly. And that you're always, the probabilities are in your favor when you're going through it, that if you take enough trades, you're going to end up profitable. And that's what we've done with these strategies. We've got the early birds in the class right now. They're testing out the website for us. Thank God. Thanks, early and, birds. Yeah. And so they're testing out the website. We've had they a lot. They didn't know how much responsibility they were going to have. I know. We appreciate it. And uh, they locked in their lower pricing. We'll be releasing the website at the normal pricing next week, which is still a uh, L of a deal. It's just freaking amazing. One L, one L of a deal. There are no other trading classes that are this cheap. And we did it. We did it that way because I'm already sitting right here in front of this camera that you guys are watching on Patreon right now. And I'm already sharing my screen into the computer. Sometimes I might as well do that when I'm trading also and make some training videos and all that. So we were able to do this for the lowest cost that you're going to pay for a trading class on the internet. So uh, I think it's really cool. Uh, Really excited to do it. Um, The early birds are in there right now. We'll be releasing and 
kind of advertising the website starting next week, sending everyone to it. If you did sign up for the early bird thing or you sent me an email and somehow you didn't get on the list for when we sent out the website a couple days ago, which happened, by the way, I just got an email a couple hours ago from someone saying, hey, I didn't get my early bird sign up thing uh, oh man email so i added that person to the list and they'll be getting an email update here soon so yeah if you did sign up for the early bird and you didn't get your email then send me an email nate at goodmorningliberty.us and uh, we'll we'll get you in that i will check and make sure that you're not a liar by the way i'll check and make sure that you actually <laughs> did send some emails so uh yeah or, or hit us up on chat because there are a few people that did send us a, a chat message from the website yeah there's a, a billion ways to message with us and you know, just give us a little bit of time to respond because we are hitting the point now where we have a lot of things to respond to all the time. And uh, there's multiple messages on on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and a lot of emails coming in and stuff through our website. There's a lot of different things coming in that we're trying to respond to all the time and do all of this. So sometimes it might take us 10 minutes to respond. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, that, that might be what happens. We send out our sincerest, sincerest <laughs> apologies for that. Yeah, it's a so, good problem to have. So get interested in it. Uh, start thinking about trading, start thinking well, I was about that as a way. Know, I was going to let the people know that didn't get in on the early bird special. If you still want to send Nate an email to make sure you're on the list, whenever this does get released next week to the public, let's say yeah. to everyone else, then send him an email, nate at goodmorningliberty.us. That's nate at goodmorningliberty.us so that you can get on the list for the next one. I know there's already a few people that have already done that from the last couple shows that we've done. Um, and you guys, you seriously don't want to miss this. It's a seven-day free trial. Yeah. It's like literally you go in there and you can watch the first week's videos for free. And there's already... It's free! I mean, there's, I mean, there's almost 20 videos for the first week already on the website that you can watch and that's a lot of content to try and take in and you need to watch them all multiple times and make sure you're actually learning everything this is going to be a a plethora of content for you to learn from and uh we're, we've structured it in a way where we are releasing things in the order that you need to learn them because i did go to college for education that's actually what I, <laughs> that's why i have all this student loan debt is because i went to college to become a teacher that's that's what yeah. i that's what i did so now i'm going to actually start trying to do something that has to do with that college degree i guess maybe i did need college who knows maybe no i didn't i didn't need it really whatsoever so anyway guys send me an email nate at goodmorningliberty.us and go to patreon so you can watch live uh we got more and more people coming in there we've been doing it for a couple weeks and we just cannot be any more appreciative the appreciation is just oozing out of our eyes right now there's just so much of it uh, and if you're not watching live then you don't know what that looks like so you need to go to patreon.com slash good morning liberty if you want to be watching live here in the pre-show getting all kinds of exclusive content videos stuff like that throughout the week um and yeah just go to patreon.com slash good morning liberty and we're going to be pushing liberty on the public whether they like it or not so you need to get involved in that that's, and that's right what you can do yeah and if you guys do enjoy the show a free couple actually free things that you can do because you have so far decided that you're not going to put your money where your mouth is yet <laughs> and uh, if you're one of those people then share the show with a friend if you like what you hear that always helps where the listeners are going up every single week it's absolutely insane what you guys are doing sharing the show so that's been a lot of fun leave us a rating and review on itunes or any that you get your podcast uh five stars please uh four and a half stars will work i'll take that but five stars because it is that good can you it's leave that a, funny. can you leave a half star mm. uh 
No, you can't. But okay. Round, so five. Round up. Round it up to five. Yeah. Yeah. Round up to five. That's what okay. I'm trying to say. Yeah. Leave us a rating review. Share the show with a friend. And we can't thank you guys enough for doing that. If you do all of that, all of it, then we'll be back again tomorrow. Every, you have to do every yeah, single one every of those single things. Every single one yeah. of those things. Yeah. Then we'll be back. If you don't do it, then we won't be back. But if you do do it, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you guys have a good day and a great good morning, Libertas. You know the thing. What's not to like about Vermont in terms of the beauty of it? And what a neat town.
she was really mean to Minnie Mike. I'll tell you, the way she treated her. He didn't know what hit him. She's going, oh, get me off of this stage. 